Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Mornings with Mike coming at you from the basement studio right here on Facebook.com, Facebook.com slash Mike Keller Radio, also up in the Mornings with Mike page, Facebook.com slash MWM Radio. Thanks so much for hanging out with us, whether it's for the full hour or for just a couple of minutes here on Facebook Live. If you're just tuning in but can't stay but would like to check out the rest of the show, don't forget... Live show stays up on Facebook forever until Mark Zuckerberg brings the whole operation tumbling to the ground. And also you'll be able to listen via the podcast feed for the 222 with Mike and Robbie. It's usually up there by 9.30, 9.45, 10 a.m., something in that area. So make sure you are subscribed to that. And look, people say this all the time when it comes to podcasts and the like. It really does help if you go ahead and rate and review And if you're watching right now, here's what I would love to see. Double-digit shares. So if you would just go ahead, just right down there, right? I guess it would be there if I'm doing this correctly. Right down there, or it could be over here. I'm dumb. But right down there is the share button. Just hit that share button real quick and share it up on your feed and invite a couple other folks to come and join us here on this Wednesday morning. Phone number 484-509-0445. We'll open that up in just a little bit, but voicemails and texts are always open 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So go ahead and get those out there. 484-509-0445. And the email is Radio at gmail.com. Joining me this morning, television star, Tom Rader from WFMZ, and of course, music star, Handsome John Pruitt. Tom, thanks so much for uh, first reaching out and then uh, joining me here on this Wednesday morning. It is so nice to say once again, good morning, Mike Keller. How's it going, buddy? Good <laughs> oh, to see you. It's good to see you <laughs> as well, my friend. How have things been? It's been a while. We've texted on occasion. It's been a while since we got to sit down and hang out. Yeah, busy, busy at the news station. Uh, holidays always get busy, and also uh, outside projects I'm working on uh, with the music, and I'm also uh, editing a documentary uh, with a colleague of mine about Snowman Willie. So I uh, got a lot of things going on uh, at the newsroom and outside of the newsroom. So a ton stuff. of things cooking. Yeah, yeah. Now, and as far as the music, uh, got any uh, upcoming uh, shows you want to plug here, real quick? Yeah, yeah. Well, first of all, we got a couple tunes on streaming. Uh, we've we're sort of releasing songs piecemeal at this point. We should have the whole album recorded by uh, hopefully before Christmas, and then we go into the mixing and mastering phase, and we'll have everything released by the spring. But we are playing a Santa uh, bar crawl in Pottsville the 16th of December, so not this Saturday, but the following Saturday. Saturday. Yes. Have you ever done one of those before? I've never been to a Santa bar crawl, but I always hear that they're a blast. Yeah, no, I've never never done one myself, but uh, people dress up, and it seems like it's going to be a really good time. And what's cool about it is some that I've seen in the past – They'll normally, okay, so it's a couple bars participating, yeah. but there's bands playing at, you know, every bar sort of at the same time. Mm-hmm. This one's staggered. So we're going to be at Hucklebucks, I believe, from four to six. Um, <laughs> I love the name of that yeah, bar. That's that's the, so if you want if you want a comparison for, for Berks County running folks, Mike's Tavern, I always say Mike's Tavern is like the Berks County Hucklebucks. By the way, Huckle- a little classier, a little more evolved. <laughs> And probably a little more in terms of passing uh, health code oh, okay. regulations, but so that's sort of the Hucklebucks could only be 
It's Google County. Yes. Like, <laughs> yes. Like you hear Hucklebucks, you're like, yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like you got if where's Hucklebucks, the answer is always north. Yes. <laughs> yes. Over the mountain. Yeah. Past Hawk Mountain. Just keep yeah. going. Just keep going, you'll find Hucklebucks. <laughs> uh, that's cool. So they kind of they want they're really kind of pushing you to go from bar to bar. Yeah. I think a lot of times people at a Santa Crawl or any kind of bar crawl. They get two or three bars in, right? And they just—that's where wherever we fall, that's where we shall land. You know yeah, what I mean? and then and then you kind of just stay there. Yeah. So this one encourages more. Okay, we're going to go to this place, and then we're going to check this band out, and then go to the next one and the next one. So hopefully it works out. That, that way. will you move bars as a band, or do you only have the one gig? I, well, no, we no, we just have the one gig okay. of Hucklebucks. So yeah, so I didn't even think of that too. Kind of gives us an opportunity after we tear down to uh, go, go enjoy check out some other bands. So yeah, bring your white beard and your uh, red hat, so you can jump right into that Santa Crawl. Yes, yes, and hopefully the weather's nice. So, so we're looking forward to that. It's so supposed to be in the fifties, I think, on Saturday. Is it? Yeah, for the sixteenth. Uh, okay. Yep. Oh, for the sixteenth, I don't know. Yeah, I'm talking about this Saturday. I'm well, hoping for the fifties and the sixteenth. Well, no, another thing too, if I just want to get it out there real quick, um, Saturday at uh, Sterling Guest Hotel in Center Park Historic District, they're doing a great event. It's a holiday dinner. They're bringing in uh, people from the Hope Rescue Mission, uh, from Hannah's Hope, and the Veterans Making a Difference, the Veterans Center. So Cesar Gonzalez over there does a great job. He This is the fourth year he's doing that. Um, so he's bringing folks in, going to be feeding people throughout the day. There's going to be uh, donated items and things like that. There's going to be Santa's going to be there and people playing music. And he still needs volunteers. So if you want to go to the Sterling Guest Hotel Facebook page and offer to volunteer and help out, uh, I encourage you to do that. And that is coming up this That's weekend? this Saturday. This Saturday. Yeah, on the 9th. So busy yep. Saturdays for you. Yes, two in a row. It's so yeah. funny. You're talking about doing a Santa Crawl next Saturday the 16th, and uh, we are going to have very different days yeah. because my father-in-law last Christmas, and I, I always think that whenever you buy a group present, it's hard to go, especially if it's an experience, right. schedule that group. Right. So right, we've been right. trying to schedule a uh, an outing with the guys and the family on my wife's side. Nice. Over these last 11 months. And, yeah. you know, people get busy. You got one thing this weekend. Someone else has got another thing the next weekend. And right. it's, just, it's so hard to nail down a weekend. Oh, yeah. Especially especially over the next couple weeks. Oh, but we're going from last Christmas. This is yeah. last Christmas present. Oh, wow. Last year's Christmas present from oh. my father-in-law to myself and my brother-in-laws. And uh, we're supposed to go do something. Yeah. And what we were supposed to go do is go to one of these trap shooting places. Trap shooting. Where you, you, know, you go in a golf cart from... Okay. Okay. one spot to the other and you experience these different like trap shooting areas what, is that is that like the clay no the yes clay the pigeon clay pigeon thing. Okay. so okay. what but what they do is they set it up kind of like a golf course so you go to one spot where there's like a house yeah. or maybe just a wall with windows yeah. and you got to try to shoot through the windows wow. the other is you got to get through like trees this is what i've been told yeah. i've never You've been never to this, this place before? yeah but yeah. i thought we'd do it like in the spring the summer yeah. or the fall I guess we're doing it now because we've lost the whole year. Right. I guess we're doing it, get it in December. Way. Yeah. So I don't know how I'm going to shoot when I can't feel my fingers. I also have not <laughs> shot a shotgun. I was going to say, are you a hunter? That seems like a really man dude thing. See, to, now, and you're looking at me you and know, you're like, this is not the activity I thought you would be doing. Well, and you're correct. Yeah. Well, look, I'm from the Skook, and everybody <laughs> I knew grew up like the Monday after Thanksgiving, oh, yeah. a, a majority of my buddies are up in a tree stand with their dad <laughs> or their uncle and I'm just sleeping in and and waking up and making some Thanksgiving leftovers or what have you but I've just never my dad never hunted and it wasn't a thing but like that's such a huge oh 100% huge thing. not just Google not here just as well because like I said yeah. I grew up the same way and yes my dad huge hunter yeah and in fact when I was a kid 
I went hunting with him uh-huh. up until I'd say I was about 16 years old, and okay. that's when I finally tapped oh, out. Oh, so you did? You oh, were? Yeah. It just wasn't. I what, hunted. It wasn't your thing. Until my dad told me the next time you kill something, you have to gut it. Oh, okay. Now, my dad is not a hunter that just goes out and kills things and then hangs it on the wall. Yeah. Everything he's eating. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, he just shot a deer because of deer season. Right. Uh, and you got to control the population, so it's something that needs to be done. Mm-hmm. And I've got a freezer full of deer meat. Yep. And I've already made some in the... We were going to grill it, but it rained, so we did it in the air fryer. So yeah. everything gets used. Right. So, oh, I oh, know. My, my buddy, growing up, I mean, this is... I remember having a sleepover. This was up in Gerardville. Way north of the skook, and I woke up and there was like something sitting in the sink, and it was a, the deer heart. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I mean, this is interesting. <laughs> this is Dad know. Dexter. Yeah, I mean, that was you know, and I was just watching. I don't know if anybody watches The Crown, but the news, the last season, half the last season just dropped on Netflix. Amazing show. It's hard for my me wife to get watches into shows that. I, I really, really good. I tend really to good. not watch like period pieces, yeah, especially when they're about. English royalty. That is like it's just the least interesting thing in the I world. Get, to yeah, me. yeah, and the costumes and all that. Is the, I just, or, I mean, I don't mind period piece, but I have like I've, I've worked with like we and my my buddy Noel. Yeah, he loved all that royal stuff, like right. especially like the weddings and stuff. That was right up his alley. Yeah, that's the kind of stuff. And I'm sure people look at me when I cry after the Eagles win the Super Bowl or the Phillies win the World Series. Yeah, I'm sure they look at me like I'm nuts. Right. When they when people wake up to watch a wedding on the other side of the world with people they've never met. <laughs> Well, yeah, especially and, when half of us don't want to go to the weddings of people we know. Yeah, you, you're getting up to watch that. That that is completely not. I no pun intended. Forward to me, like I I cannot understand that even a little bit. Right. Well, th- this one's worth a shot. But and spoiler alert. But there's a scene. Are you talking about the wedding? But it's Prince William in the episode goes hunting for the first time mm-hmm. and he kills a I think it's a buck or what have you. But they and I don't know if this is a thing. Like and I was wondering, is this a thing? Like. Maybe hunters would know. Maybe you would know. Your first one, they they like wipe the blood on his face, and <laughs> thank, they do this thank, in the show. And I'm thank, like, wow, thank goodness. I mean, I could see people in the scoop doing that, not just around hunting season. No, just but, <laughs> just when they need to make a sacrifice yeah, to the yeah, gods. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, just to keep the Yingling Lager flowing. Can, you know. I t- can I tell you that if that was the tradition, I would have bailed out. So much earlier. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, Mike, wait. Here's the thing we have to do. Dad, what? Yeah, I didn't tell you about this. Sorry. Yeah, I've got a blood thing. I. That's why as soon as I was told that the next one that I shoot, and we're, we're going to eat it, so all you people who think, and it's a whole, and that's a conversation we're not having today. Yeah. Um. But uh, as soon as I was told that that was going to be my job. Right. And it just makes sense. You, you get older, you mature, you got to mm-hmm. learn how to do these things. Right. Uh, my dad learned his, Uh. you know, people taught him. He's going to teach me. Yeah. So uh, once that happened, I was just, I, I yeah. Can't do because I've I've passed out in like hospitals. Yeah, I, I, I get uh, lightheaded I when like someone sticks the in smell of hospitals. Yeah, the smell, right? Yeah. And, oh, the, and then the sick people. It's everything. Yeah, and the needle goes in your like. I just had a colonoscopy. Now, oh. uh, keep in mind, I hadn't eaten in twenty eight hours or whatever it is because yeah. you had to fast. Yeah, but they put the needle in my arm for the IV. Yeah, they had to lay me flat. Like I, I was almost passed out just from a needle going in my arm. Mm-hmm. So the thought of cutting something open. Yeah, and what. Couldn't do it. So no, that, my, that's my, when I quit hunting. Yeah, no, my mom's a nurse, too, and it was just sort of... I remember when I had to get my tonsils taken out, they had to put me under. I think I was like 10. Yeah. And my mom was with me, and there was this nurse. She was kind of like a nurse ratchet type nurse, and, you know... <laughs> and, I, and I've gotten better with needles, uh, but but she... You know, I'm laying there on the gurney or whatever, and, I'm, and I said to her, I'm like, is this going to hurt? And she's like, anything that breaks your skin is going to hurt, sweetheart. Wow. And that's just like, oh, okay. Thanks. Some great bedside Thanks manner. Thanks for reassuring me, you know. <laughs> it makes you but, feel a lot better. Yeah. 
Yeah. Oh my lord. Yeah, that time to find a new nurse. Yeah. When something along those lines. But yeah, so I've I've hunted and I've shot guns, but it's been decades right. at this point because I used to do trap shooting like in leagues with my dad. Yeah. Not this kind of setup. It was more traditional where you just move from spot to spot and it's one little area that shoots out the little uh, yeah. pigeons. You go by gun clubs and you see all those. Right, right, right. Um, yeah. I used to do that when I was a kid with my dad, but I have not shot a gun in decades and now we're going to go do that on a day when it's freezing i i am so looking forward to lunch that's well, what i will say i, I would think it's day. like golf like if you don't i mean i love to golf but i really don't get out often yeah when i lived in texas i did but then it's like once you go back out and it's been a while like a year or two years you're just hacking away so yeah. i don't know if it's the same with like shooting you know, i would shooting. imagine you know, because I, I think I do you get I, like a warm up time. Well, or, you know, <laughs> I would hope so. Well, like I'm not a driving range for. I guess there is. I mean, right? Yeah. I, mean, you know, I, like I don't know. Club. I, yeah. I, I'll. You know what? Talk to me after the 16th. Yeah, and I'll give you all the deets nice. on what went down uh, while I'm shooting there because we're supposed to be doing that. Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, up in the Skook, there's a Skook Rod and Gun Club, which was like right down from my parents' house. Right. I can listen to you say Skook. I know. All yeah. day. Well, um, and and so. I never went, but I had a buddy of mine tell me, he's like, because you got to get a membership or whatever. I'm like, well, I don't hunt. I'm not going to get a membership. And my buddy, Josh, he has a membership. I'm like, do you hunt? He's like, no, I don't hunt, but they make great steak at this place. <laughs> he just got a membership Obviously. for the steak. Well, it's fresh, I'm sure. You know, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, maybe some people just joined for the food. You, you never know? know. You never know. But so. I wanna, I'd want to get the orange jacket and be, you know. Oh, I've had all know, that. Just, I had the know. fancy pants with the sh- uh, shiny stuff on. So when you're going through the stickers, it's slippery and the stickers don't stick into your legs. Yeah. I had all that stuff. Yeah. I went to hunting camps, saw all that stuff, did all that stuff. It just, it's it's not my cup of tea. Right. Uh, right. But I'm not against it. If, if you enjoy it, uh, oh, yeah. By all oh, means. Yeah. I just don't like sitting outside in the cold early in the morning. Oh, yeah. No. Uh, there's no. just millions of other things I'd rather do. Yeah. Well, that's that's a big part of it. Yeah. Sitting out in the cold. <laughs> sitting yeah. out in the cold. I'm not a fan of that. By the way, that whole conversation stemmed from me asking uh, Tom how music's going. <laughs> <laughs> so you've been keeping busy with the music. You got yes. gigs, Santa Crawl up in the Skook next Saturday the sixteenth, and this Saturday you're you're closer. Yeah, Saturday closer. Yeah, I'll just be um sort of help. I'm gonna play some Christmas music at the Sterling. I I love that place. I don't know if you you've been up there recently, but especially decorated around Christmas time, and it's it's really cool. And they do so much to to benefit. Uh, you know, people in Reading and Burke. So really, if you want to come out and volunteer, and the volunteers get dinner too, and it's just a cool vibe. Hanging out at the mansion at Christmas time. You know. Very cool. So check that out. Make sure you follow Handsome John Pruitt on Facebook to keep up to date with everything that they've got going on. So talking about the music. And when you've come on my shows in the past, I feel like that's mostly what we focused on. Mm-hmm. Obviously, other nonsense that kind of leaked in the conversation like we just had with right. the hunting conversation. Sure. But we always focused on the music. I don't know if I've ever asked you, how did you get into news? How did I get into news? Well, initially... I went to Temple for for uh, communications, but I also did a lot of acting in theater. And right out of college, I was acting in New York. I was off Broadway, moved out to L.A. So I pr- pursued acting in- initially, and I was out in L.A. That for- takes guts, man. Oh, because so, I've done the community theater stuff, like yeah. you did in college. I did college theater, right? Uh, and it, there's so much rejection just in that, and you get your hopes up, and then you wait for the cast list to be posted, mm-hmm. and then it's just heartbreaking when you don't get the part you wanted, or someone else you think is worse than you gets. The, you know, there's all yeah. that, and to take that up to like a professional level, where now you're 
you know, livelihood depends on it. Yeah. This is enough pressure for me. Just talking into the ethers, much less having that as an everyday, I got to audition, this show's over, move on to the next show. That's, that's a brutal lifestyle. Well, that's, and in New York, we were we were off Broadway at the Barrow Street Theater and uh, in Greenwich Village, and it was like, okay, are we going to get picked up again? We had a run in the what fall. What show was it? Uh, it was called In Conflict. It was based on a book by a Daily News reporter, uh, Yvonne Laddie, about all these veterans that she interviewed, and they turned it into a play. And we were the, you know, it was we turned this thing into a play. Our mm-hmm. director, Doug Wager, and we were over in Edinburgh, Scotland, with it. Like it was really a, a pretty big success, uh, at least for for me and my cast, right out of college. That's so awesome. I was trying to ride that momentum. Went out to L.A. And you get and you get something like that, and you think this is it, exactly. You know what I mean? You and you get so excited, and you yeah. Think, this is going to help launch me, and I'm going to go from thing to thing to thing to thing now. Right, yep. and it is, and it's like that feeling of momentum, and you're like, am I not doing enough? What do I got to do to like keep this going? Am I learning enough? And it's happening so fast, and I'm young, you know, early 20s. You think you know everything, everything. you need to know. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yes. And then you go out to L.A., and then I start auditioning for stuff, and it's like you, you, you have to go to a certain place mentally because I'll show up, and it's like, oh, there's 20 other people that look exactly like yep. I do. You see that you know? in TV shows, like uh, not, I, 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 and you, I've done. I did this to you already since you've been here. Mm-hmm. I, everything in life, I correlate to Seinfeld. Yeah, and you know, I, I did it to you once when you were in here. I have a note written here about, about Seinfeld. You're talking about yeah. the script and how you met uh, you, Jay Chandar Sekar and went yeah. to give him your script. I'm like this is just like Kramer in uh, L.A. with Fred Savage yeah. in the little coffee shop. That's a great episode. Same episode. He goes into uh, audition, uh-huh. and it's all people that look just like he does. Yeah. I mean, obviously not as Kramery as Kramer, but they're all kind of the same vibe. Well, yeah, and not just that. Um, a, a colleague of mine I was in this show with, Danielle Pinnock Wallace. She's actually in Candy Cane Lane with Eddie Murphy. Right Get out now. of town. That's on uh, Amazon Prime. For it's those of you want to check Amazon it out, Amazon Prime. Have you watched it yet? I haven't watched it yet, Me but neither. I want to watch it. Yeah. She actually is uh, the jazz singer in Ghosts on cbs i believe i've not watched that show either. she's really funny she's a fantastic actress out of that crew and you know we're all kind of doing some different things but she's very talented but i remember her her saying i think she made a post on facebook so it's not just like you're going in and you see people that look exactly like you now now it's like you're going in and, and she's like a seasoned trained actress she went to chicago she did the whole like second city thing which a lot of people um that's amazing in the acting you know go to grad school there do that whole thing but now it's you go into these auditions rooms and it's a tiktok star or it's this per who just has Somebody a ton of YouTube. followers no acting experience mm-hmm. they've just got a lot of followers online and because they have that one million uh follower thing or maybe even more even if they're not as talented as you yeah that's a leg up so now it's a whole nother level it's of a whole competition. other dynamic yeah yeah and so it, that's what's really that's they've changed that's, the rules of the game they've changed the rules of the game yeah yeah, and so, but she's, you know, she's doing really well. But yeah, so it was things like that, and and I did a lot of background when I was in LA, um, and and I uh, almost all the CSIs, I think I did. I did <laughs> all, all the CBS letter shows, yeah, FBI, CSI, um, and walking CIS. around in the background of some of those, you know, sign up with Central <laughs> Casting, you do that whole thing. Have you ever flipping through uh, the channels and you just happen to see yourself in the background? Uh, I did, uh, on an Entourage, I did an Entourage episode. Get out of town, uh, yeah, The Great Gatsby premiere thing i was in the background i i, I texted this is sad no it I was, isn't it's i was exciting. watching entourage and i i froze and i'm like oh there i am you know and then i 
t- took a picture and I sent it to my mom and I'm like, mom, you know who that is? She's like, she's like, uh, yeah, a younger you, you know? Like, huh. <laughs> yeah. Don't, you know. don't feel bad because the first time I was on the air, yeah, uh, it was down in Philly. I was an intern and they told me I was going to be on for something that night. I, I'm pretty sure I had my wife recorded on a cassette tape. Yeah. And it was, yeah. it was past cassette tapes. Like we had to find a cassette tape and a radio that had a cassette player on uh-huh. it to be able to record it. Cause I wanted to hear what it's, I could have got the recording from the station, but I didn't want to ask the people right. at the station. Right, and I didn't know how to get it yet, yeah. so I just had her record it. So don't. It's when you first hear yourself or see yourself doing the thing you're trying to do. It's yeah. very. I've sat in my. I've sat in the car and waited to go into a restaurant till I listened to my uh, talk up during a radio segment on a music station that I voice tracked. Mm-hmm. So like y- we all do it. Yeah, yeah. And you want to be proud of your work. I mean, like the. I think like the first CSI I did, and you're thinking because there's like an assistant, second assistant director, and like okay, you got to do this this way. And I think it was like I was putting up like an X-ray thing in the background, <laughs> Doctor Raider, and I'm like, oh, I'm totally gonna be. And then you watch the clip, and it's like kind of blurred out and the you know csi not those wacky colors and it was just this really fast like oh there's blood and there's you know dna and you know what i mean and it's the dude i think there's the the main guy giving a line and i'm just like sort of putting <laughs> that i did like 50 times yeah you know and a lot of these shoots it was weird like i did um i think it was like cold case or whatever that show was and i was an nypd police officer and we shot it was nighttime and when you shoot at nighttime i don't know if people know this uh you the the call time's like a 10 p.m and then you go to like seven in the morning. It's all night. Yeah, it's all night. And I remember this the the second AD we were working with, like this dude. I've never seen a guy drink Mountain Dew so fast. Second assistant director. They, by the thank way, you, second for, assistant yeah. director. Yeah. yeah, And he would pound like Mountain Dews like in one gulp. He'd like, I need another Mountain Dew, Steve. I need another Mountain Dew. You know, you had a Mountain Dew guy. He was, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it was so that you'd have those those kind of shoots. You know what I mean? Because you need to take advantage of the dark. Yeah, of the dark. Yeah. Well, there's that whole thing with the latest Game of Thrones, that uh, House of Dragon, uh-huh. where there's this scene on the beach that's supposed to be taking place at night, and for some reason they shot it during the day, uh-huh. and they use like the effects within the camera and stuff to like lower the light that comes in to make it look dark. Yeah. So I would imagine that's a bigger pain in the ass. Oh, yeah. Than just shooting at night. Just shooting at night. Yeah. So yeah. much easier. Right. right so right. much easier. So just real quick before we go any further, you've lived both as an actor in New York and an actor in L.A. And you always hear from people, and I've heard different interviews, but I've never had someone sitting in front of me who's experienced. How different are those two worlds? Who? I mean, LA, or New York, we were living eight actors inside a, a, a row home in Brooklyn that the theater was sort of paying half for. And... That was that was an interesting experience, and again, that was different because I felt that momentum. I was young. It was like, okay, I'm on the way up. Yep. You know what I mean? Yeah, this is exciting. This is exciting. I have a support system. We were still sort of. I was out of college, but Temple was still. Obviously, the show started at Temple, and they were a great supporter of us through this. And then you go out to L.A., and it's like this. Okay, you've been cut loose, and you know I'm living in this one bedroom. I wouldn't even say studio uh, apartment in Koreatown. And, you know, yeah, it's sort of sign up with Central Casting. Um, just just get out there. You want to get – the goal is get three SAG vouchers, Screen Actors Guild, uh, so that you can pay three-plus grand to join the union and then start – and then try to get an agent who can get you a line or two. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And then 
yeah. just join everybody else. You know what I mean? It's like, just such a grind to go from background to someone who has a line to someone who's then a character. And now, yeah. then you eventually you want to have that goal where you, you have your own show and you're the star. But there's so many steps. And even I'm, I'm missing 10 or 13 steps. Well, yeah, there. the steps. And, and I just um, I had a great acting teacher at Temple University named Dan Kern. He recently just passed away. God bless him. Really talented guy. But I remember going to him and I said, OK, I'm thinking about journalism. I'm thinking about acting. He's like, all right, well. If you want to do the acting thing, like I, you know, you can go out to LA and sort of, you know, join everybody else. But I highly recommend, like, okay, finish here at Temple and go to try to go to grad school in Chicago. You know what I mean? That's what sort of the funnel, and that's what Danielle mm-hmm. did. Mm-hmm. And now look where she's at. Yeah, so yeah. I mean, there's different paths. I'm not saying don't just go out to LA. Whoever wants to do that, you know, it's a great learning experience. Make friends, network, connect as soon as you get out there. If you're going to go do it, um, you know. But and that's that's with any city you're working in. I would highly recommend doing that. But yeah, so they're just those different ways, um, at least to try to give yourself a, a shot. Yeah, it's you know? it's got to be a brutal business. So you go through the acting thing, uh, it doesn't work out the way you want it. Yeah, how, how do you transfer from was, acting to I news? Was there about three years, and you know, just had a discussion with my family. I'm like, you know, I'm I'm doing more background and working. I almost became like assistant manager of a restaurant. So that was. That was kind of a thing where, like, you know what? I'm probably doing more of the waiter thing. I've gotten more. Than I am. I've gotten yeah more promotion to the, the restaurant, restaurant industry now. It's just not what my communications degree and my student loans. Have, Somehow I'm to, working in hospitality. Yeah, yeah, it was weird, and and so yeah, moved back to PA, and I I was just needed a job, and I went to a temp agency actually here in, uh, outside of Reading. And got a job at uh, High Concrete in Denver, PA, doing construction, building uh-huh. bridge platforms. And I was still at this point trying to, I'm like, all right, let's 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 try, look for news jobs. So I'm applying, I'm sending out, I'm getting no, 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 no. And because now I'm but like the acting world, the acting world probably prepared you for that. It did. Yeah. It did. But now it's like, okay, there's people that right at a college were pursuing journalism, mm-hmm. were pursuing broadcasting. And now I'm a couple years behind because yep. I was doing the the acting thing. And so I'm sure I'm up against people that maybe, all right, this guy's already got two, three years experience. I'm going to hire him. And this dude's like 25, 26. Or someone who's right out of college who's interning at the station. Exactly. And, you know, that's the path for a lot of people in radio and TV to get hired, especially in the background, is to do that intern bit. Right. Yeah. Right. And so um, in the meantime, I'm working this construction job. I'm getting up at five in the morning, like going out in this cron- concrete field. And I had no business working construction. It's very, very hard. I work. can't. I did landscaping for a summer for my uncle, and yeah, I, that like what we do, we can say we work hard. What we do isn't work. It's not work. No, no. what the, these folks are doing. God bless them, the men and women that do this kind of work. I my hats off to you because it's. I did it for a couple months. And I lost part of my finger. Oh my gosh! How did so, I never notice that so, before? So that was the whole thing. <laughs> and uh, it was By the one. Way, you just whipped that thing out. So, I didn't see that coming. Quarter ton piece of steel. It's like you know, uh, and he's got a hook for a hand. No. So a quarter. Um, how did that happen? So so we're so I'm working on this crew. We basically we we work with these quarter ton pieces of steel, and we had to drill them together, and and uh, then they would send them up to the main warehouse and pour concrete over them. Whatever. And so one day, I was going too fast, and even my coworker was like, dude, because it was a Friday, I just wanted to get done. I totally get it. You know what I mean? We and all once do we it. get this like flatbed truck loaded up, we're out of here, you know. So I'm kind of going through, and I had two gloves, gloves on, and it was very cold. And so my foreman's lowering the quarter-ton piece of steel into the rig thing, and uh, these metal plates pop up, and they're supposed to level the thing out. And I'm like, all right, I'll just go in there and sort of nudge it back in. And I... <laughs> 
And I go in there, and it was really weird. And it's it was slow motion, as I remember it in my head, and I relate this story to people. But it was slow motion, and it kicked back, and I felt like I jammed it, like you know, yeah, like you were jam, yeah, your playing finger. basketball, or something. yeah, because my gloves are on. I'm like, oh man, and my head hit the dirt. Like I went like, ugh, and then my foreman gets off the forklift. And he he's he comes over to me and he's like, oh, and the first thing he says is, "Oh man, we've had too many of these this month." Oh you Jesus! I'm like what? <laughs> That's something you've That's... not heard at the, at the news station. Yeah, yeah. And and so, um, you know, then they took me up to the first day, and they were great. They they took good care of me, but I didn't realize what had happened because I was in shock. Yeah. And they cut the glove off. Oh. And and I didn't even look. I'm still not looking at this point. And then I hear, okay, we got to call. We got to call nine one one. And so yeah, so it. Uh, these are phalanges, by the way, for those watching online. But like, you know, you have you have each each of these on your finger, and um and yeah, so right that the, was right the second knuckle, the second yeah, so it was right up to there, yeah. The 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 the, the optimistic uh you know glass half full, you now cut your nails ten percent faster. That's that's right. It's, <laughs> it's a much quicker and if you had, process. If, if if you had like a nail chewing issue, yeah, you know maybe you quit. It's nah. a good way to. <laughs> yes, like cold, well now cold now though, like in the cold. Like, cause this is like right in the joint. Like, yeah. It's like, oh man, when it gets cold out, you know, when they have me doing those winter live shots. All of a sudden, when I, I complain about my circulation issue where my fingers go numb, doesn't seem like it's yeah. so dramatic and, anymore. And so not even that, but at this point I was even considering, um, and another place I have no business being cause it's an incredible sacrifice was looking to go into the air force. I'd taken the ASVAB twice. I was about to go take my physical the following week to go into the air force. And then this happens. And so that just derailed everything. Yeah, Tom Cruise has all his fingers. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah, and and no, and so wouldn't it be great if Tom Cruise had to... something we yeah, could yeah. be a great some conversation? You, something you, you know could what's funny? To. Like I, it's weird. Like I do run into people, or like we'll go to shake hands and say, "Oh, oh, we're in the same club. You're missing." <laughs> You're like people who drive you jeeps. Lose... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I should get a bumper sticker or something. But um, that's that's uh, a thing to relate to some people with. But yeah just crazy confluence of events and after all that and then I, I got offered a temporary job at an NBC affiliate in uh, Brownsville Texas and it was just for a couple months mm -hmm. it was like hey we need somebody to fill in for a reporter who's on maternity leave mm -hmm. and I'm like okay I picked up and moved from PA I, my grandparents drove down with me drove down to McAllen Texas and uh, that's sort of how it all got started in broadcasting and it was just a temporary job this is no guarantee. And I honestly think I was probably maybe the only one that was like willing to do this. You know what I mean? Because it was just a couple it's months. It's a sacrifice, yeah. It's, yeah, and it was no guarantee. Yeah. So I'm at NBC for the NBC affiliate for a little bit. Um, another station down there, Fox and Univision affiliate, Fox 2 and uh, Univision 48. Um, they noticed me and like, hey, whatever happens at NBC, if they're not going to give you a full contract, well, we want to sign you for two years. And then it just sort of went from there. And then just from place to place. And you Placed, did. You I did. did I was old, down there a yeah. couple of years. I did news. I did sports. I was a sports anchor, the Fox affiliate. Uh, then I went to West Virginia, CBS, uh, WWK uh, 13 in, uh, in Charleston, West Virginia. And then from there came up here. That's And that's the old way of kind of moving your way yeah. through the industry is going from place to place to place. You don't see that as often anymore. You And you, you're, I think we're one of the last generations, and I missed out I on it because right. I got into I broadcasting right. uh, when in, when I was 30. Mm -hmm. And just, you know, it didn't. I didn't have the ability, I had a wife and a daughter, to yeah. really move all over the country. So I've been much more local, uh -huh. and I've been much more fortunate to get the jobs that I've gotten and stay in the area. Yeah. But that's kind of the old path. Like, you would go to some place in the Midwest or the middle of nowhere. You would work for their 
there for a couple of months, jump yeah. to the next big market, and work your way around the country till you got to the place where you wanted to be. Yeah, yeah, and you're right. I guess it's uh, it's not as I do have still some colleagues. I mean, my colleague Caitlin, I know she was around different spots, but yeah, I guess depending now, there's a little more. Um, some places are hiring right out of school, a little yep. more local. You know I feel I mean? like they want that, especially like if you listen to, uh, uh, and I'm just bringing this within a sports radio thing, mm-hmm. they want people who have grown up with these teams, and you yeah. want to have that. And I think they want that news, too. Like, you're, you're a local guy. They like having guys who are you know know the area, even if it's not the county specifically that they grew up in. You're a skook guy, right. as we've uh, already found out. Right. So, like, you know, Berks County, uh, Lehigh, you're, you're close enough that you are familiar with the area. Yeah. It's yeah. so it's so important uh, to viewership, and they they want that connection. And I even trace it back to like I was just talking about this with somebody yesterday. Just for instance, the way you pronounce things mm-hmm. and Schuylkill. viewers, Skookel. Yep. How do you spell Skookel? Yep. You know what I mean? And and so there's those things that viewers they're keen and so smart that like this this dude's not from around here. Yep. You know what I mean? And so even in Texas. There's the Rio Grande River, right? It's the Rio Grande River. That's how you pronounce it. And then I went to Charleston, West Virginia. It was sort of a tri-state market. We had um, southwestern uh, West Virginia, Ohio, and Kentucky. And there's a university, I believe, in Ohio. And it looks like Rio Grande University. Guess how they pronounce it? Rio Grande University. It's pronounced Rio there. So it's those sort of things. Like I got up there and I'm saying, I'm on the air saying Rio Grande University. And yeah. they pulled me aside. It's not you know it's not Rio it's Rio you know what I mean so it's stuff like that we have a Duquesne yeah yeah (laughs) Uh, I had to say that the first time on the air I had no idea what it was yeah and it just it was an update and I'm just doing a sports update looking down the college basketball scoreboard right and I have no idea and you say it wrong and let me tell you there is a group of people mm-hmm. they love nothing more than when they hear someone on tv or the radio say a word wrong yeah. and they know that this is my time to shine and right. they pick up that phone and you're not even done mispronouncing the word and you're on a seven second delay yeah and somehow the phone calls are coming in right you. away they're yep. on you yep. and that's the thing i mean for those going into broadcasting or whatever you know don't get frustrated by that because it's like okay you went to school and you or you have some experience and all this stuff and you get to a place then you know you do your First, whatever your first hit, uh, you know, uh, on TV, and then it's like, oh, but you mispronounce this one little thing. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, well, you know. I feel like Berks County has a good portion. We mentioned Schuylkill. And yeah. I think, and you mentioned how do you spell that? I think the only people who really know how to spell Schuylkill are uh-huh. people who grew up in Schuylkill County, right? Philadelphians, and anybody who went to Schuylkill Valley High School. Yeah. So we have to, we're both represented. <laughs> In those groups, because I went to UYL. Yeah. UYL. Doesn't right make any sense. Doesn't make any sense. Uh, Berkshire. People uh-huh. come here and they see like the Berkshire Mall. Right. And they want to say Berkshire. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Perky Oman Avenue. People trip all over Perky Oman Avenue. Right. So I've seen a ton of just local words that we grew up with and we don't think anything of it mm-hmm. that people who come from out of the area or just they grew up in like Schuylkill or Montgomery yeah. County. They have no idea. Yeah, and just and and Reading. My I was telling you uh, this producer, uh, sound engineer, my friend Paul Abel up in the studio. We're working with. He's from Michigan, and I think there's a um, it's pronounced reading. It's R E A D I N G, yep. but it's pronounced reading. And here it's reading. Yep. You know. And so. now our brains. Are, it's just funny when you think about it. As soon as you see that capital R. Uh huh. You don't. You don't think. You don't even think about it as reading. Yeah. Anymore. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like we have just because we grew up around here. Ready. Yeah. We just. It's and it, it's, it's just in your subconscious. Yeah. Just, it gets inside. And you know, we, I, don't, I didn't even think of that when I thought of people mispronouncing stuff. Mm-hmm. But you get somebody who comes from out of town, uh, the other side of the country. They've never heard of this place. They're right. gonna say reading. Right. Because that's the word. 
Yeah. That's the word they grew up with. Exactly. That's exactly. how it's spelled. Yeah. R E D D I N G is Redding. It's like a it's like a family member to them. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just it is the uh, oddest thing. So you get up here, WFMZ. You mentioned you did sports. Do you ha- do you prefer sports over news? News over sports? I, I love both. I mean, I do miss sports. The opportunities I get to do sports stories. Um, obviously, you know, the Phillies had to run the Eagles. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Getting to interview the, this amazingly passionate fan base that I'm a part of. Going to Barry Vagnoni's place. Ah, uh, the hatchet. You know he's the best. I mean? yep. uh, he's got an event coming up this Saturday, too. But, yeah, so, I, 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 again, I love them both equally. There are opportunities to tell stories. But, but I mean, sports are just fun, man. Yeah, and it's, when, it's like, a- the Phils and, – and that's the thing. Growing up a Philly sports fan, like – you know, I mean, I remember going to the vet for the first time. Mm-hmm. My parents taking me there, and that was an educational experience. <laughs> but, you know, the things I saw in the parking lot, and my parents just, okay, let's get to the car, kids. Yep, you know yep. what I mean? Dad, is this what it's really like? And and so, but, uh, you know, th- it's just weird, like, them doing well. It, it, you know what I mean? It's like, what's going on? I'm just not used to it. No, As a kid, it was like waiting for this. Like, this is, I've said this you know, a million times. We we need to soak it in right now. This yeah. is this is a great time to be a Philly sports fan. We haven't had many of these in our lifetimes. Right. So you got to enjoy it with the Phillies, the Sixers, and the uh, Eagles all being, you know, in the championship conversation for the last three, four years, year in, year out. Now you got the Flyers coming out and shocking everybody with how well they're playing. I know a right. lot of people are into the Philadelphia Union. Soccer is not my bag, mm-hmm. but yeah, I, Union's but they're great, huge yeah. and I, I, those games look like a lot of fun. It's yeah, just I not... want to go check out a game. Yeah, I really I, do. I would Soccer's always a thing. Like uh, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna this year I'm really getting into the Premier League. Yeah. You know, I'm gonna pick a team, yeah. Tottenham Hotspur. And that's gonna be my team, and I'm gonna get up at six in the morning and we're gonna watch it on you know, USA Channel. And I do. Yeah, and yeah. it's like, but, now, but I'm again. a Wrexham guy. I just watched that documentary. Welcome to Wrexham with Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhenney. Yeah, that's the only soccer team I care about. Right. Because it's such a good the story is so cool well story. told. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I think, uh, my least favorite part is the games that they show. Right. I like the story with the fans because those fans are very much like Philly fans. Oh yeah, they've been just punished their entire lives, oh, uh, and now they have a whole new outlook. And that's a whole other level. Like you know how passionate over in Europe people are with with this sport. You don't realize. Like when I was over there with the show in Edinburgh, we were there for the Fringe Fest, and I had a um, Barcelona jersey at the time. And we were going, we wanted to go to uh, this bar restaurant, and I'm wearing this Barcelona jersey. And the bouncer at the front's like, no football tees, mate. Can't come in here. I'm like, what? He's like, no football tees. And I'm like, oh, the jersey's like, yeah, you can't wear that inside. And, and like, that's a thing. Could you imagine going yeah. to, like, a PJ Wellahan's? Yeah. You can't wear and that. like, hey, you're wearing an Eagles jersey, man. You can't come in here. Because it's going to start a fight. If there's like a Dallas Cowboys fan, it's going to start a fight. Well, they have a whole. Like, that's the level. They have a whole group of fans that are known as you know people who like instigate physical altercations. They call and that's where the word hooligans I think comes oh, from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. think hooligans is like that's what they label those soccer fans over there or football fans, excuse me, right? Who like are uh, really going to like want to fight the other team's fans? Like yeah. they're, they're hooligans. That's right. what they call that's them. Wild. That this so there's an acceptable term that, for it yeah, over there, and that, they throw those like uh red flares and the smoke bombs onto the it's a it's mm-hmm. completely it, different it is it's a whole nother level i mean we're passionate especially philly but over there i mean that's like you know it's a, it's almost it's like a political thing yeah you know what i mean yeah. like I, I was blown away by that yeah i didn't even think about that that you you've been you covered so many like fan reactions like you would go out to bars and, and cover the people who are watching the games and you got to see the jubilation and the heartbreak and you got to see it from your own personal point of view and also from other people's points of view that had to be a really interesting way to kind of follow the 
the end of the Philly season and what's going on right now with the Eagles. Yeah, and just being, you know, and I've covered, you know, being in Texas where I'm covering the Spurs, and I mean, those things, I'm I'm a little more disconnected, but with this, it's more of that real it's harder it's harder because you're not doing it as a journalist because you it's hard to make that separation right now luckily i'm just an idiot on the radio or it was <laughs> uh now i'm just in my basement uh but i can say whatever i want but you you have to have when you're on there you have to have a level of professionalism well yeah, yeah. and comparing you know news to sports i mean you know it's it's um not as bad if you mess up a sports score but if you mess up like a bond amount or somebody's yeah. criminal charges <laughs> Yeah. That's a different sort of phone call There's you're going to get from pressure. your boss. There's a lot you more pressure I mean? on that, yeah. which is why I've, so. I've like I I stay out of that world, man. And yeah. that, in the in the climate that we're, in, I don't want to get into any uh, altercation. But do you worry about? Uh, and we, this you can it's going to be a real short thing that you're going to upset one side or the other. And well, yeah, well, you know, we we just you know when we're reporting to be un, unbiased on anything, and I have a great team there. I really do. A really great team at WFMZ and a great executive producer Kevin and and I trust I trust the people I work with to like you know everything's checked and checked and checked before it goes on to the air. People don't realize how much checks and balances there are. Yeah. Scripts are scripts are being read up to the second. Uh, reread and, and reread and, and changed yeah. and yeah and and, and those I'm sure are, there's times where you go on the air and something has changed and that's the first time you're seeing it yeah yep. yeah yeah and so but there's so much there's that sort of um there's that safety net in terms of of you know being accurate and and all those kinds and balanced uh and down to the seconds yeah you know what i mean that so those efforts are being made every day yeah it, it's yeah. a tv and i'm i'm always fascinated by it because radio and tv are completely they they think it's the same industry uh people from the outside it's different vibes completely different vibes tv is dot 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 oh and, it's much more structured radio yeah. we can lean back exactly I and mean, that's what i love about radio yep. i love tv but radio i love the space yeah. but look i sat down I here i love the space i did hours of preparation yeah. <laughs> and thus far for 44 minutes <laughs> I've not looked at one thing on the page. Yeah, uh, we're just having a conversation. You have yeah. you have the ability to do that. I mean, obviously more so in a podcast because it's freeform, right? But even in radio, like if you want to stretch a segment that's supposed to be fifteen minutes to eighteen because you got something going, right? You can push a commercial back a little bit. Yeah. Much harder to do in television. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and with you know with a structured thirty minute newscast, I mean it's it's so. It's so tight, you know what I mean? Because because yep. you go long, then that's taking away from weather. Yep. That's take you know, and a lot of people, you know, um, watch for certain things or for the sports or for the weather, and you know, uh, those folks are fantastic and become great great personalities. And so everybody has their allotted time to you know that's the challenge there. You yeah. have a certain amount of time to do your thing. You know what I mean? Which which I enjoyed too when I was sports anchoring. I sort of just had my own segment. Yeah, you know, five six minutes. Yeah, you know go, what I mean. Go do it. Go do. That's kind of like thing. a radio. That was like your own little radio show or podcast yeah. right there. Right. Yeah. And you could have sports. You can. There's room for well, sports jokes center. And Dan Patrick and Keith Olbermann yeah. changed the way we, um, you know, take in that sports news coverage. Yeah, it's hard to crack. Harder to crack jokes about harder news topics. Right? I, I so, don't know how you, know you mean? guys do it because so. I, I would. It would take me all of seven minutes to say something. After I get uncomfortable, because that's when I start spewing out nonsense is when I get uncomfortable, I'd make some sort of zing that I didn't even think about. It just comes out. It just comes out. And yeah. I, that would be the end of my news career. Yeah. It would, it would last less than 10 minutes. Well, I had this was in uh, this was in Texas at Fox when I was um, producing. Sometimes I'd fill in as a producer. So I'd have to produce the whole 30-minute newscast in addition to my five-minute sports That segment. might be the hardest-working gentleman in Ooh. a uh, newsroom. Oh, producing is so hard. Yeah. And I don't I, – I, uh, it's hard. I can do it, but I can't – I don't enjoy it. You have to be really mentally um, 
I think, organized. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. More so than even physically. You have to know in your head everything is going to go. And the timing. And I'm writing an entire script for our anchor, for our news anchor. And so uh, it's all timed out. And we're getting near the end of the show. And I'm thinking, all right, great. We're right on time. You know, I do. And then my technical director's like, dude, you're going to have like seven extra minutes at the end of the newscast. I'm like, what? (laughs) What do you mean, like seven minutes? Yeah, like seven minutes. So a lot long. Six seconds in seven (laughs) minute sections. And my my TD Top Gun down, shout out to Top Gun down at uh, Fox 2 in Univision, Texas. Great dude. But so he's like, you're going to come in really light. So you're going to have to fill time. And so it's me and this, this uh, she was a fairly new anchor. And I'm like, okay, well, uh, you know, we just had like an entertainment segment. And uh, Mickey Rooney had just passed away. Okay. All right. Now in my head and my memory of Mickey Rooney, one of his most famous roles for me was when he played the Wizard of Oz. And when he was in the Wizard of Oz as the Cowardly Lion. Okay. Mickey Rooney did not play the Cowardly Lion <laughs> in The Wizard of Oz. I didn't think so. But in my head, he did. In my, like, 27-year-old uh, budding <laughs> broadcast journalism head, he did. But now, so, now I want to see The Wizard of Oz with Andy Rooney well, as the Cowardly Lion. Well, yeah. So, so, so we come back from break, and we just had, oh, so sad to hear about the passing of Mickey Rooney today. And, um, and I turned to her. I'm like, of course, I most remember him as playing the Cowardly Lion in The Wizard of Oz. And she's just like, going, I'm going to go on this journey with you. <laughs> Here we go. We're so we, both going to do this we're for the talk, next seven minutes. We're talk about Mickey Rooney. You know, and they're putting up pictures of him. I'm like, it's funny. There's no pictures of him as, you know, the Cowardly Lion and the Wizard of Oz. And, and we're going through this. And, oh, my God. It seemed like the, it seemed like an hour. And it comes to the end of it. You know, I'm, I'm done. And nobody really even said anything because it was, it was one of those where everybody just quietly goes home yeah. after work. Yes. You don't even put the radio on. You don't You're make eye like, contact. You know. <laughs> Hands on the steering wheel, going the speed limit. Yeah. Just get home. <laughs> you don't have to talk to a cop about bent. what just happened. <laughs> yeah, and and then I got, I did get home, and I and I checked. I'm like, mm, I had a weird feeling, and so I come back in the next morning, and I was telling my sports director. I walk in. We had a little editing bay. We'd have a morning powwow, and I'm like, Pete, I think I messed up last night. He's like, What do you mean you messed up? I'm like. So Mickey Rooney died, and I was under the impression that he was the cowardly lion in The Wizard of Oz. And so I'm telling this story, and Pete's like had his back turned to me, you know, he's at his computer, and I'm yeah. like over his shoulder. He just sort of turns, he looks up, and he's like, "Don't ever tell that story to anyone." <laughs> and then I'm like, "All right, fair enough. That was my boss's advice, you know." See, just that's never, the that's another TV you know, radio. Radio, you tell that story on the air the next day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but that's the thing. It's like you're gonna. You're gonna make mistakes, and and hopefully they're you know I mean that's that's a mistake, but it's not a totally, you know, no awful. It isn't. I mean. It isn't. If you, if you're gonna make a mistake, it might as well be there. That's yeah. something you can always chuckle about. Yeah. Well, it's like that that SNL bit where the you know they they're sort of making fun of news and they're like uh, they do the little break in thing and he's like, the president is dead, coming up tonight at eleven. President of what? We'll tell you. Eleven <laughs> o'clock news. <laughs> it's like, oh man, come on. Oh, good times. Oh, that's awesome, man. Well, I I appreciate you taking us through that uh, because I I never knew your story. And and that's definitely – you've taken an interesting route to get to where you are. And while some people have the kind of uh, normal story where you go to college, you intern, you work at a station – you stay there or you move around. You know, you and I have done different things. Right. You you got into it later than maybe some people because you were trying a different career. Mm-hmm. I just I was in a 
text call center somewhere for like 11 years doing stuff at a bank until I finally worked yeah. my way into radio. So yeah. it's it's there's different ways to get into this weird, goofy, uh, sometimes awful, some most of the time, a lot of fun, great industry. Yeah, and there's there's really, no matter where you are in it and no matter what age you are, you ha- and I'm at a point now too where it's like, you know, where, um, you know, what's next and all these things and you're at a point in your life, your things, but just... I would just advise everybody to keep going, find, do the passionate thing. Don't think, all right, maybe I should just get out of it. Keep doing it, man, because it's like it provides me a, a lot of joy and and just to whatever whatever your passion is. Don't you know? Just when you're about to just give up on the thing, you yeah, know, you don't know. You really don't know what's around the corner. You know, since one more quick thing, you've done the anchoring, you've done the reporting. Do you have a preference there? Do you like being out and about? Do you like having a different office every day, or would you rather be in studio, uh, giving the news at the desk? I I honestly love being in the field. I love meeting people. I love every day is different. You know what I mean? Yeah. Meeting meeting the people is so cool. You don't. You, you know never I mean? know. I mean, you obviously there's some. Meet. There's some crap things that you have to, you know, cover and stuff that mm-hmm. are that are just uncomfortable and it's sad and it's it's not fun by any stretch of the imagination, but it's still it's always I'm gonna guess mentally kind of stimulating. Oh yeah, like I just I, I was doing a story on um on the Gene London collection. It's for those that don't know, there's this amazing collection of Hollywood costumes that's that's stored right here in Brooks County. And Bob Metzger, who used to be at the Reading Museum, uh, you know, I just had a conversation with him last night. I just sort of met him. You know, and I've been here six years, met him uh, a couple weeks ago, and I called him up on the phone, and we had just a really cool conversation talking about his time in L.A. and my time in L.A. And, it, you know, it's just the interactions like that that really keep you going. Mm-hmm. You know, and this was after work last night. We were on the phone for like 40 minutes just talking about the business and talking about all these things and, you know, his dreams and aspirations. And he's an older dude, you know what I mean? Yeah. But it's just stuff like that that really reinvigorates you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And you never know when those moments are going to are going to yeah, hit. Yeah, you never know you what know. it's going to be. You, you right. might think well it'll be in this area of what I'm interested in, but it could be something that you've never talked about before, or thought about before. Yeah. And all of a sudden you're in a conversation that is really firing you up, you yeah. know what I mean, getting and, you yeah. going. Yeah, and and locally there's people just meeting you really you don't realize it. You're like, "Well, you have to go to LA or New York." You don't. There's people doing stuff right here in Berks. You know, a, a buddy of mine Justin Lander just uh put put out a film that he shot here in Reading that he's trying to shop around. So don't get bogged down with this. I got to move. You know what I mean? I got to go with that. I got to uproot my life now with, obviously I'm not, this isn't like anything novel. I mean, with, you know, social media and everything. I mean, you can get your stuff out there and if it's good, you can't, nobody can deny something that's good. Right. Yep. I yep. Mean, you got to, you, you put know. up on YouTube. I, you yeah. know, we throw this up on Facebook. The, the nice thing about technology nowadays is first of all, it's made doing something like this. Well, this is extremely affordable in your basement, uh, but even putting a movie together, I mean, they they show, show you in TV commercials, but it's a real thing, and, and I've seen movies shot on it. You could just pick up your phone oh, yeah. and shoot a movie on your phone. That's the kind of technology that we all have now in the palm of our hands. So as long as you have that creative drive, there's obviously, I would guess, some hoops you have to jump through, and, and yeah. uh, it's a little more difficult to just do it on your own than it would be with a team in a oh, studio yeah. behind you. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but well, there's a possible. discipline factor. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm working on a, that doc I mentioned with with ann goodman and we're, we're editing right now and it really is it's like this is we're just doing this on our own and it is that discipline it's like i'm doing the editing phase. it's like hey okay well you got to commit you got you got to do an hour today you know what i mean because mm-hmm. i even even in that in the passion the creativity you can still kind of get like oh well this it's sometimes everything can, becomes work everything becomes work yeah everything becomes even work. if you really enjoy it yeah. It can become work. Yeah. yeah. So you so you have to find a balance between the enjoyment, the passion, and the discipline of like, all right, set set a deadline, sort of a self imposed deadline 
for yourself. You know what I mean? And I'm going to get it. I'm going to get it done. I'm looking know? forward to uh, seeing this documentary just because yeah. documentary is so huge right now. And, and yeah. you know, I, I feel like um, this is a good time to throw one of those out with all the streaming services. YouTube people, people, I, I will throw a documentary on when I'm doing something in the background almost as just I'm listening to it. But it's a lot easier to listen to that and follow what's going on in a documentary while you're doing something else than it is for like a oh. TV show, a comedy, or a drama, I or a movie. Love, I love documentaries. Yeah. I'm huge on documentaries. Are, are you a, cre- a, a, a true crime person? No, not really. Because that's really. what covers it, I guess? No, not really true crime. No, um, there were certain things that that sort of, you know, those sort of things that stood out to me I got into. But no, not so much a true crime. I know that's so huge. Oh, my wife, I, my wife loves those. The, the murder yeah. podcasts and, and the documentaries serial killers all that stuff i mean she watches all of them they're 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 always there as continue watching or keep watching or my list they're always there there's one case and it was that that awful case in in idaho right with koberger that was the one that i for some reason got hooked on and and from a news perspective and i know it's that was thousands of miles away but i got hooked on this thing man it was it was really it was i'm weird. not familiar with it uh well with the uh the college students in in idaho uh that were murdered oh yes i'm college sorry. students okay. yeah and so i'm following this thing and this was just uh, last year mm-hmm. around this time and it was really weird because i was listening to this true crime podcast and i never never listened to this stuff and i was listening to the podcast about it they still didn't have a suspect and I was with my gram. We were going up to Jandal Farms because um, to get a turkey for Thanksgiving. And we're driving, listening to this podcast. And on the way back, I got us lost. <laughs> and we end up driving through the Poconos. I'm not even kidding. And we're listening to the podcast about, about this case. And then, lo and behold, uh, a couple weeks later, it was right before Christmas, they announced that it was Coburger, and they found him up in the Poconos. That's where he was from. And... Just from, like, I got into it from, like, and I'm not a very good investigative reporter. That's not really my thing. There's other colleagues of mine that are great. Like, Caitlin Reardon's a fantastic investigative reporter. She's really good with the cold it's cases. It's a different skill. It's a different skill. And But I just, for some reason, got hooked on this. And then there was, like, when I heard that he was from here, my buddy texted me, and he was, like, from the region. I'm like, no, you're joking. And it was almost like, it was weird. Like, how didn't I figure that out? You know what I mean? I had that weird moment of, well, this must be what it's like to be a really passionate investigative reporter, <laughs> you know? Cause I'm like, how did I not know that this crime that happened thousands of miles away, the dude would be from, you know, up Pennsylvania, State, you know Pennsylvania, what I mean? Yeah. So it was just very, I, I had this weird, I went through a weird phase of like, darn, that was, I should have got that scoop somehow impossibly. You know what I mean? It's so weird though. And it's, it's the way we get kind of facts fascinated with these, you know tragedies yeah especially from like a storytelling process you know it's real life and you feel kind of almost not guilty but you feel weird getting entertainment out of it yeah but they're all out there and it's it's just such a huge industry right no, now. no there's something deep in our psyche with that and i think it has a lot to do with sort of facing our own mortality as well uh those kind of things but yeah i mean it's it's a it is it's a massive industry you know, it, it really is. Maybe that's your next step. That's the next evolution of Tom Raider, a true crime podcast. Oh, gosh, I don't know. I, On I, my Raider. Yeah. <laughs> I, I actually had a podcast called Off the Radar. It was Off the Radar. <laughs> but go. I spelled it R-A-D-A-R. Oh, yeah, okay. You know, but. You didn't, you didn't go with the name? Didn't go. No, not. Yeah. We're like, you know, like the Radar thing. You know, <laughs> the whole deal. <laughs> Which some people I think can confuse me for somebody who's 
really into weather. Like I'm the weather guy, like <laughs> radar, because they'll mispronounce you it. You do have a good name for weather. Yeah. Did you ever think about doing a, the meteorologist? Well, no, but that's bit? that's what happened with um when with that oh, that awful there was like an F one that went through Boyertown a couple years back, mm-hmm. and I got there after it happened, and it was terrible. It was really devastating, and um, it was a disaster zone. And I ran into a guy, and he had video. Like, he was in the tornado. I think I remember you posting this. Yeah. Yeah. And so he gave me the video, and I'm like, this is video that uh, a a, um, homeowner shot. And I put this thing went viral. And by the end of the day of coverage, my my executive producer calls me. He's like, hey, uh, the British Broadcasting Company wants you to do a hit. Mm -hmm. I'm like, what? I'm like, yeah, they saw your video. And and so I'm like, okay, and we're... uh, me and my colleague were driving back from the scene. It's like 11 o'clock, and I'm in the car doing a um, video thing. Like a with Zoom? The Br- a Zoom with the British Broadcasting Company. And they cut to me, and I'm listening I'm listening to the uh, to them lead me in. And like, we're going to go now to Tom Radar. Um, you know, Tom, people have seen tornadoes, but what's it like to be in a tornado? So they think you shot they the video. They thought I was in the tornado. <laughs> And that's that's the you know that's the lead off you know what I mean yep. and I had right off the bat the whole like, interview is based on this one yeah, thing this is the thing we thought you're the weatherman of course Tom Radoff famous for chasing tornadoes yeah, world famous tornado chaser yeah 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 and so I go into I'm like well uh, I I actually wasn't in, we got there after it happened <laughs> just want to clarify that you know what I mean and so then I just sort of described it was quick they gave me but that was wild I mean that was I mean I I love British Broadcasting Company and just that style of news and. And and everything like that, and so it was. That was a cool. That was a like a, a highlight moment, just being a couple seconds on there. They had a know. station, or they, I'm sure they still do, in Reading, England, right? Or, oh. and, and they would call, I guess, sister city technically yeah, is what yeah, we yeah. are yep. mm-hmm. with that. Reading is with that city over there, and so every time there'd be a presidential election, and this is no joke. They would call WEEU because it's the news station in Reading, yeah. and they would ask to talk to our news guy. And the only morning news guy for you know the entire time that I was at the station, mostly there was a short period where we switched it around before he retired, was Len Carmen. So oh, wow. every presidential election that I worked at the station for, yeah. I would come in on the morning after uh, the, the election, uh-huh. and Len would be on the phone with the BBC. That is wild. They would have him on after. He became like the official U.S. Uh, voting reporter for this BBC station that in Reading. so cool. Yeah. I don't know if any information he gave was right or wrong. I, don't, yeah. <laughs> I never heard yeah. it. But yeah, we would, we would play bits and pieces of like we'd take a segment and just play like the beginning for everybody and say, you know, go check it out. Sometimes that stuff happens, especially with, like fast moving news. You know what I mean? And there might be some confusion. And, yep. you know, I remember, remember the whole thing where they thought um, uh, President Donald Trump was going to come to Hamburg. Do you remember when that happened? No, I don't. They, they, uh, the press secretary, uh, she came out and she said, and next, uh, President Trump will be visiting Hamburg, PA. And then, you know, wrapped up the press conference. And we're back in the news like, what? <laughs> <laughs> no one told, you know what I mean? What would be nice to get heads out. I'm calling the mayor. Like, yeah. I don't, we don't know anything, you know? And, and I think she meant to say Harrisburg. Oh. How do you find? But this was a whole thing. Uh, I imagine and that we, would send everybody into a tizzy. And we went up there, and and we're you know, and it was like I was about to go live at five thirty. I wrote, we got pretty close to the the newscast, the live newscast starting, and then I, I can't remember who or they put something out like no 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 sorry it was a mistake, and so that was just like okay. How long did that last? Well, well, so then then I'm still I'm up in Hamburg, and we actually kind of came with a cool idea. We're just like. 
okay, well, how about we do a story about what if yeah. the president came to Hamburg? What would he you could do? have gone to the pizza shop what? here in the corner. <laughs> you could have gone and see him sign a movie at the one room uh, movie. The Strand. Theater. Yeah, the Strand. You know what I mean? So it's just sort of have fun with it. But sometimes that stuff happens. It's it's crazy. And now it's even, it's so fast. It's like, it's not even like uh, by the minute. It's just by the second yeah. things change. And, and, you know, you have to... I think when you're younger in it, you, you get like, oh, I got to be on top. You know what I mean? The whole, uh, but you got to just ha- so, sort of ride the wave or you're going to you're going to go crazy. You I know think what you I mean? learn the you learn the rhythm. Yeah. You know the what I rhythm, mean? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And sort of depend on the people you're working with, too. Don't be afraid to. Hey, I need I need a little help here. It's you know a team I mean? sport. Yeah, it really it, is. Both industries, radio and TV. Yes, but TV even more so is a yeah. team sport. Well, yeah. And, and again, like you said, the producing yep. and radio and TV, it's a huge I mean, that's yep. a. That's a big undertaking. Less so in radio, but TV especially. You have you know producers, like you said, assistant direct. You have all these different people who are working to put one show on with one or two people on camera. Right. Radio is a much smaller deal. Like you might have one person talking, and maybe there's two or three people yeah. helping out in the background. Yeah. But even like adding stuff, like with a radio producer, like I've seen stuff where like you know uh, like a call a, a person who can find people 100 percent contact you need get that. people on yep. the air you need that like play the right sound uh, yeah find some music it, it's all key to putting together the entire product yeah, yeah like i'm a big dan levitard fan and he had a uh a, oh he's got the whole crew he had a whole crew he had yep. a producer for a while i don't think she's there anymore but like i'd be listening to his show live and they'd come up with somebody oh did you hear about that that guy in you know in england and, and that thing that happened to him and they're talking and levitard just like oh hey sarah get that guy for us and like within five minutes, he's on the phone. Yep. And I'm like, how did she do that? <laughs> how do you figure out where how that you, guy you know is? What I mean? Social like, media. Tra- yeah. Track down the so, And then you're yep. just like. It's become a lot easier. I don't know how people did it prior to social media because yeah. I've always lived in the social media world when it comes to that. But that's I know that's what we would do. Right. Uh, you know, S. Noel or whoever was over in the prod area. And once you try to find this guy, we did that member. Uh, who was the it was. I forget what the story was. There was a news reporter much like yourself a field reporter uh-huh. who was covering something that happened out in like idaho okay. I, I don't i think it was something in the i have to look it up I, yeah i think it was something in the um in the uh uh yellowstone or something like that out okay there. Mm-hmm. one of the national parks i don't know if a, like a buffalo was coming at him i don't remember what mm-hmm. it was yeah, one of those yeah i've but seen those videos yeah, yeah like his video went viral uh-huh and we had him on the next day you just wow. send a message and you know it, it, it could happen it's much easier now than before you had to like chase somebody down in the white pages yeah well yeah and some sometimes it takes some talking into yep. oh they don't want to do it yeah. they don't want to do it and then you're thinking and I have to say a lot because folks sometimes still think when we go to interview them that okay it's live, it's, it's live. I go to a place at 10.50 a.m. Over in you know Wyo or whatever, and I'm like, okay, we're gonna we're going, you know, that's how the news. And I get it. I mean, if you don't know, you don't know. Yeah. You know what I mean? So you think it's this whole thing, and so you sort of have to like. The, that's another part of the industry or that a skill, like just sort of calming people down or just talking to them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Oh, it's and, a, they they whether there's a microphone in front of people's faces, it is yeah. it's very um, it's it's overwhelming for a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. Now you have you have those folks, and then you have other people where I feel like. I could knock on someone's door and show up with a camera and a microphone like, it's about time you got here because I've got some things to say. I've been waiting my whole life. I've been life waiting, you know what I mean? For this yeah. one little moment. Yeah, uh, yeah. Tom, I knew you'd be here. <laughs> I knew at some point. I've been expecting you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Tom, this is a lot of fun. Yeah. Next time we'll talk about subjects. I did all yeah. this stuff over here we could have talked about and you know we just had a fun yeah, no, absolutely. conversation. I really enjoyed it. I always enjoyed talking to you. That Fantastic was a great time, stuff. man. I appreciate it. Tom yeah. Rader, and let everybody know 
where you're going to be uh, over the next two weekends once again. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. This Saturday at the uh, the Gables Sterling Guest Hotel, a uh, great holiday event. It's going on all day uh, into the evening. Again, go to that Facebook page. They need volunteers. Uh, they need people to help hand out food. If you want to come play music, dress up like Santa, whatever you want to do. And then the following Saturday, uh, if you're up in the Skook, up in Pottsville. The uh, Skook. Santa Bar Crawl. I will be at Hucklebucks. Uh, you can find out more Hucklebucks Facebook page and more about the bar crawl. So hope to see you out there. And please go to Spotify or wherever you stream music and check out Handsome John Pruitt. We really appreciate a follow and listen to some tunes and, and to hear uh, hear your thoughts. And I appreciate everybody's support. And everything. make sure you follow them on Facebook. I'll make sure to tag them yes. so you can find them. Maddie Whipple, our pal Tom, Tracy, Monica, David, Greg, all saying good morning along with um, Delco Mike. You've got Donald saying hi, Linda saying hello. She's going, is the water from the skook a different color than from ours, yes, says yes. Linda? This is actually a pre-workout mix, uh, Oh, Linda. I never see that. I never saw that. Yeah, but it is, um, it's quite tasty, actually. You can get it at uh, any fine uh, retailer store. But yes, no, actually, Linda, the water in the skook is orange, okay? Not green. And it comes from the crick, not <laughs> the creek. That's where I swam as a child. But the they crick. do filter it before they put it in the Yingling lager. Uh, <laughs> so we have a very good filtration process. You've done that tour, but right? a good eye. Oh, I've, I could give that tour. Oh, I've done it three, five, three or four times. I love that tour. It's the best tour. It's what, oh, that man. and Trogues, the two best tours I've ever been on. No, I correct the tour guides on that <laughs> tour. It's really sad. I'm like, no, I, no, actually, I, it was 1878 when they did that. I, yeah. I bet you're very popular. Really, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, Victor saying hello. Aub- Audrey, uh, Jeff, and Janet. Thank you guys so much for hanging out with Thank us. You. This will be up Thank on you. the podcast in just a little bit. The great Tom Raider will have him back in the very near future. Have a great Wednesday, everybody. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Robbie Lessig from the 222 Podcast. And as I wrote down, I felt bad yesterday when I was promoting you because I'm like, yeah, Tom Raider, WFMZ, handsome job, Pruitt. I got to give my buddy some pops. Rock and roll. So 222 Podcast and Fleetwood's finest. Robbie. (laughs) Robbie Lessig will help me uh, finish off the week tomorrow. So I'm sure that will be a good time. And. I guess I already got a show planned. All right. We'll we'll talk to everybody uh, tomorrow. Have a great Wednesday. Thank you, Tom. Thanks.